This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the Blues Focus podcast with me, Tommy Castle, Jamie Lawler, Sam Sheppey and former Blues Focus podcast host, John Graham. Good to have you back on, mate. No, great to be back. Um, what a day to be back. Um, Indeed. Yeah, I think things have changed a bit since I was last year, <laughs> so uh, hoping to put the mockers on that. Indeed, yeah. I'm pretty sure the last time you were podcast host, I think Lee Bowie was still manager, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> You might yeah, those been, yeah. fantastic days they were. <laughs> of course, the day is going to be an incredibly uh, packed podcast. Um, of course, we've got Sam and Jamie with us as usual. It's good to have you back on, guys. Um, but yeah, let's start off with the freshest news, um, which obviously today is Tom Brady being announced as a minor investor in the club, um, going on the as the chairman on the new advisory board set up. Uh, from the new investors um who wants to kick us off i mean like there is so much to unpack in all of this so let's just get something on the table and then we can just discuss from there come on i'll go i'll go i'll go um we were saying before we, we start recording I, I think he was linked maybe two or three months ago and i think he was probably part of the the plan from maybe the get-go when wagner was sort of shown in interest um, I have to say, when everything was launched today, it's a bit of a surreal moment because, I mean, he's the best to ever do it in a, you know, in American football. There's no doubt about that. Um, it's ridiculous. Like, I think 23 seasons, 10 Super Bowls, won seven of them. So, you know, to get somebody like that with just, you know, obviously winning is in his DNA. He's highly respected. He hasn't got any really blemishes sort of off the field on his on his record. Uh, and I think for for us to have somebody like that associated with the club, I, I do, it's not. I don't think you measure it right now, obviously. But I think over time, it's going to be. I think today's the catalyst. You know, the, the the new owners are coming in, and all the great news and the ground and the signings and everything else. But the good news bandwagon keeps rolling, and uh, I'm definitely here for that. Uh, don't know what else is around the corner. Hopefully, a striker. But I think the reality is by having him on board. 
he gives us credibility. And I think we've all been crying out for that for so many years. We've been a bit of a joke. Um, yeah. You know, we've been kicked around a lot. Uh, and now there's a bit of substance. And I think uh, having that uh, is the knock-on effect is across every part of the, the football club and the business. And I just think it's absolutely huge for us. Yeah, it's it's such an insane day. I mean, I think we all f found the news when we woke up this morning utterly bewildering. It's like it's the most insane news that any Blues fan can witness after they've been asleep for, for a few hours of the night. It's really what we've needed. We've needed a bit of speed in the brand and the business for a long time. And I feel like the name Tom Brady just immediately gives us that clout almost just to go out there and put our mark down for this season, really. I mean, like, yeah. It is going to be amazing this season, no matter what happens. But there's a, I'm going to get carried away in a minute. <laughs> who else wants to? Who else wants to get? Um, some Before you say we're going to finish in the playoffs or something, we're going to get automatic promotion. We're going to win the league. <laughs> I'm boxing Simon Jordan. <laughs> oh, I'm in. I'll take it. I'll have him. Go on, let's go. Can I also batter uh, Bassini as well, just for being a shit house last year? Now we've yeah, got proper well, owners. Can we say Bassini's an absolute dickhead? <laughs> Well, that does bring up an interesting point, isn't it? It's how different life could have been with Paul Richardson and Maxi Lopez instead. I mean, what's everybody's opinions on that compared to this now? I mean, obviously, it's much better, but seriously, like, what's the difference between the two, really? Yeah, I mean, there's so many different yeah. uh, different aspects to it, even from sort of the announcement of the takeover. I mean, we saw uh, last season with uh, Richardson and Lopez, they'd done their sort of little announcement in the car park, didn't they? It was all very mm. impromptu and very sort of, disorganized by the looks of things and there were so many sort of questions that people looked into about the takeover and the sort of legalities around it that there was just so much sort of baggage that came with that takeover that just doesn't seem to be here with this takeover you've seen already with the uh, interview Tom Wagner it just looks very sort of organized he knows what he's doing he knows what he wants with the club and he knows where to get the club to and he talks about the potential of Birmingham as a city I just think it's a fantastic thing that he's talking about Birmingham on a whole and wanting to sort of renovate not only the club, but just sort of the attraction of the place as well. He seems to have done his research. And um, yeah, that's another thing, research into sort of what he's getting into and everything. And um, yeah, so many different on so many different aspects. And um, yeah, something that I'm really looking forward to, as all Bruce fans are. The situation with Lopez and Richardson, I think because we were, uh, we were screaming out for anybody, I think that was the reality. And, uh, you know, the, the Chong signing and in all fairness to the whoever was responsible, Gardner probably, but maybe with a bit of influence from the potentially new owners when they were kicking around. You know, we got some bloody good loan signings last season. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that sort of news of a potential takeover probably assisted that. I think if we hadn't had that, we may not have got the loan signings that we did. And I think <clears throat> it's a sad indictment, really. I think as a Blues fan for many years, and probably all the same guys, that anything was better whereas anything yeah. could have been just as bad. Whereas what we've now dropped on is the best, in my view. Certainly the best that we could have hoped for right now. Uh, and having a new ownership that understands exactly what we're about and the value of what we're about and understanding the fan base, which I think he does. Um, it, it's We couldn't ask for any more. And do you know what? It feels like it's clean money as well. Mm. Yeah, that, um, that's massive. So not, not that I turned away Saudi money, to be honest. So I'm not a hypocrite, but it does help <laughs> if, uh, I think it, it's very much, it does stand up to scrutiny. So if this does go in the right direction, then I don't think we've got any um, 
any baggage to worry about. So for me, it's uh, it's it's just monumental. It's monumental. Yeah, something I was massively thinking about actually, especially with having someone like Tom Brady walking into your football club. It's he's such a well-respected person in America, especially that he won't want anything dodgy going on at that club. He won't want his name put to anything like that. So for him to walk in, you know, it's pretty secure, if you know what I mean. Like, he's, yeah. like you said, he's not had any bad things happen to him outside of the football field either, like in American football and all that. He's been very well respected. I think this is, like you said, this is the best, if not better than we could have ever hoped for, really, in terms of ownership at this club. 100%. Yeah, I think as well it's it's interesting to see that a lot of old Blues fans are starting to sort of make their appearances around the ground as well. So people like Stephen Knight, who was there when um, the protests were happening against the Preston game, um, but he's much involved, greatly involved now with Wagner and everybody in the um, uh, consortium. Um, Gary Cook, obviously, who's directly working with the Blues, he's a um, Birmingham City fan himself now. Jasper Karras as well was also there on the uh, final day of the season against Sheffield United, um, which is all really because that they aren't really willing to work with people like VSHL who were clearly suspicious of money laundering and everything that they were rumoured to be with as well. So with the new investors, you know, there obviously are Blues fans, people like Jasper Karras, I mean, like the massive Blues fans as well. So they are definitely going to be more involved than that, more, definitely more, I can't think of the word, but it's like they're more... You'll come to me in a minute. <laughs> but it's like they're, they're definitely going to be more visible, that's for sure, because there's nothing to hide about. You know, there's nothing to feel like, right, I've got to keep this quiet or I've got to make sure that I don't say this about the owners or anything. It's just... It's, it's perfect, really. And we're going to see more of Blues returning as well. And that's why I love this all Blues is back on the rise stuff as well. I think that marketing campaign is fantastic. No, yeah, definitely. That. Definitely. I mean, you saw the video um, yesterday, which I think was meant for the uh, kit announcement, wasn't it, with um, JK featuring in that. And um, again, sort of associating people with the club that are known fans of the club that want to be on board with what's happening now. And um, the fact that sort of Birmingham are inviting these sort of media personalities that are Birmingham fans to get involved and sort of have that um, camaraderie back with the club. Uh, from the top to the bottom it just shows they really do care about the community and wanting to get people that are local and birmingham fans on board and even entice new people sort of that are around birmingham that want to get involved and um yeah doing bits for the city really mm -hmm. well it's been absolutely fantastic these last few months um but let's talk about some of the more team aspects um let's talk about some of the signings we've made in this transfer window we've made a fair few to say the least um jamie Who's your favourite transfer this summer? I mean, like, there's lots to choose from. Who's the one that you can see is definitely going to be a standout for this season? Uh, well, Mr Woods is not on the podcast, so I'm going to openly fucking say that Buchanan is my favourite signing because Manny Longello is not at left-back anymore. And there's no disrespect to Manny Longello. I've said it for a while. I rate him going forward. I just He made me worried defensively. So we've got a solid... I'm talking between him and Ethan Laird because I think... Losing Maxine Collin was difficult. He's been such a solid player for so many years that we needed someone solid, someone good or young and hungry to walk into that position. And we got it. Ethan Laird's an absolute steal for, was it, under a mil? Under yeah. a million, yeah. And on a permanent deal as well. We were all contemplating whether we're going to get him on for a season loan yeah. or whatever. But to get him on a permanence is, yeah, like a steal, like you say. And then Buchanan, like what can you say? Teams wanted him. 
he's played for Wonder Bremen, like he's he's playing senior football in Germany, like he's and we've got him. He's ours on a five year deal as well. What's that about? We're giving long term contracts out. I'm like, hang on. Like <laughs> we're not giving like this free agent's been given a nine month contract at Birmingham City with the hope of maybe an add on for a year. Like none of that yeah, seems to be well, happening yeah. anymore. I just like uh, John said earlier, striker. That's my only worry now. Centre forward. Yeah, is Tyler Roberts not a striker or a permanent think, striker yeah, option for you? I think so, and I think we still got Duke, and it depends on what Hogan I get on the day is my issue. Like if I get the super confident Hogan that in the box is unreal, and he'll bang me out against the baggies, fantastic. If I get my Hogan that hasn't scored for six games in a row and he just plays like he's consistently pissed off and can't be arsed, like different ball game altogether. I am willing to give him the second half of last season off because I was, you know, we were made away. He had a big injury and he didn't quite get over it and he was playing. But I want to see what goes on this season with him. Mm, yeah, I agree. Uh, Sam, who's the best signing of the summer so far? I mean, yeah, there's a lot to choose from, put it that way. Um, I'd say the most important one is Christian Bielik. I, I said it when we signed him. Uh, I think it's someone that sort of glues everything together. And um, so important that we get someone like that through the door because it's a player that we haven't really had before. Someone that is comfortable on the ball, very physical, and can do very different like, aspects of the game as well. And you know he's going to be one of them players that, should he be fit, he'd be one of the first names on the team sheet. And um, he certainly impressed last season. There was a bit of worry about... Um, how he's going to be fit and like you know because of his injury concerns in the past but he did play a lot of games for Birmingham last season and uh, there was a bit of a worry about him because he got a bit of a knock in pre-season already but he seems to be back from that and um, if he can stay fit I'm sure he'll be yeah one of our important players next season. Mm. Yeah I mean he's absolutely world class on this day let's be honest because without his injuries I reckon he'd easily be a Premier League player. Yes I agreed. Really. Uh, John who would you go for as the best signing? Well, I'd absolutely agree with Sam. It's, I think it's a bit of a boring selection, but I think it's it's just an integral part of the team. And, you know, don't forget when he went to Derby, he went for a lot of money. He had a mm. lot of money. And, uh, yeah, we, I think if we can keep him fit. And what I like about all of the signings, we've gone from this revolving door of loan signings where you fall in love with them, they move on, and it, it's just there's no consistency. And this is what I like about the new owners. And whether it's... It's not rocket science, for Christ's sake, but just having assets, having assets at the right age that have yeah. got a bit of experience, they've got a proven track record, whether it's in this league or is in Germany or wherever it is, that you know that as long as we consolidate this season and, you know, we'll probably talk about predictions a little bit later on, but if we just have a good solid season, all of those players are only going to go up in value. and That's mm. the reality. So, you know, when they look at it as a business, I mean, Laird, Jamie, I'm with you. I mean, that's robbery. You know, Bakuna started it. That's robbery. You know, and it's really good to see that all the players that we're signing, we know that we've got really valuable assets. And look what happened with Chong. I mean, he was bloody awful last season, in my opinion. <laughs> he was. Um, but, you know, it, it's all about where you're signing from. Got him from United, paid a million for him. He had a couple of moments, but nothing, nothing to write home about. And too lightweight for the championship for me. Um, but then we got we got money for him, which is fantastic. I really like the look of Dembele. I think that um, yes. my, my, I think the challenge for me was always if you've got and I'm again with you, Jamie, on the long yellow situation. I think if you've got two really resolute fullbacks and you've got Dembele either right or left in front of them, then you're not reliant on him tracking back. He ain't going to do that too much. You know, he's, he's 
he's very much that sort of flair player, impact, box of tricks, a lot of pace, can make all the difference. And we've got to have that. You know, if we're going to do anything this season, you've got to have at least one player that can just truly make a difference and he can do that. However, if you've got if you've got players behind him that are a little bit suspect, it just compounds that problem. So I think as a unit with Dembele coming on, I think it's it's fabulous. And uh, it's just it's great to just have a player like that that's just going to bring... I mean, I loved um, Halalovic. I absolutely loved the guy. I was just mm. sad as fuck, but I did. Um, he, he, he scored one good. He scored one good goal. But it's just player like players like that that if they can be, you know, part and parcel of the team week in week out, we'll start to get an identity not just for be high press and in your face. We'll actually have a little bit on the ball and uh, yeah, super impressed with that signing to be honest. And the deals they've done and the, the money they've spent for you know obviously the the Chong money and the Bellingham money and the other Bellingham money. Mm. It's it's fabulous. It's flawless, yeah. We've done really fun. well. I agree. So Siriki Dembele, especially like you said, John, he is the he's a game changer. He's that kind of player that's going to take us from a boring nil-nil against, let's say, a resolute Stoke or just playing back five. You ain't getting through him. He's he'll have that moment of magic. Bang one nil. Mm. He'll just yeah. do something. He'll go for one on one. He'll play it square. Yukovic will shit outside a back post. Something. He's just got that bit of ability about him where he'll unlock a game somehow. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, and I think we've had players like that, but it's just been sporadic. I mean, yeah, Villabella and players like that that were just Jota. That you know, you'd think, Christ, we've got a player here, and then for two two games, are absolutely unbelievable, and then they disappear. So there's always yeah. a risk, and I hope, I hope, but he, you know, he's proven when he was at Bournemouth that he did it for a long period of time. So uh, he could be a hero for us. I think. I think that's yeah. definitely watch this space. But Sam with your Bielik, different level absolutely different level yeah i think that I, I completely agree with all of those selections really i feel like Bielik is definitely the strongest signing of the summer because it's all the one it's the one we all wanted wasn't it i feel like dembele would be great if he was the player he was i think at peterborough from my my experience of watching him because when he bullied us he was in a team that was yeah. so stable such great fluent football that he was his best self in that and I think he would be the best signing of the summer if we could play that type of football. But we can't, and we definitely haven't been in the last few seasons. So I feel like players like Bielik are the best signings of the summer because that we can build in order to make players like Sarik and Dembele the standout player of the whole entire team then. Um, yeah. Speaking on the transfers going out, which is the biggest loss of the summer? Well, I know John's not going to say. <laughs> I know he's not going to say. <laughs> what does he say? Go on. <laughs> I know he's not going to say Chong. No, <laughs> it's not going to be Chong anymore. No. On, on the note of Tahir Chong, though, how Birmingham City will it be if he goes and scores a shit ton of goals in the Prem now? How he won't. Boy, how he, he, won't. he won't. Oh, gosh. Any uh, suggestions? What, what's, what's the biggest the loss of the one. team? Yeah, Sentimentally, or... Maxine Collin for me. Okay, yeah. Why is that? Harley. Um, Maxine, just because he, even in our times when we were shit, and I mean, I mean, I say times, in the last five to six years when we've been dog shit, because we have been, there's been no real joy as there. He, um, he just consistently was an eight out of ten every game for me. He gave mm. everything. He, like, he was always the one who, when we were playing crap, you could always walk away from the game and go, Maxine was all right. Maxine gave a good go. He did good. 
You know, mm. like he was just Mr. Professional all the way through. So to see he weren't going to stay was sad. Harley, Harley was sad to lose because on, on his day, he was class. On his day. But obviously <laughs> his attitude and all the other stuff that happened and a lot of wages, he just had to go in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd say, yeah, I'd, I'd say like Dean is probably the biggest loss at the moment because we haven't got really a centre back in terms of like playing in the middle of the back three. Because if that's what we're going to do, who yeah. we who do we have at the moment that could really sort of fulfil that role? Because you have Sanderson on the right, we're not sure about the left, and we're really not sure about the centre. Because I mean, from the preseason games, seeing the sort of defence, how they were against Peterborough and how they were against Cheltenham, it doesn't exactly fill me with confidence. So I think. We still need one or two centre-backs through the door. And the fact that, yeah, we've lost someone with the experience of Harley Dean, I think it is a bit of a loss, but we'll see what happens in the rest of the window because we've still got a lot of time to work with. I agree. I think another centre-back is massive. Like, I think, yeah, I can't agree more with that. I, I worry with... And I love Mark Roberts. I love what he's about and I love he tries, but I just think we need to be more of a passing kind of athletic team this year. And, from what and that's one of Dean's strengths, the passing, I think. Yeah. Everyone who went to Peterborough I spoke to afterwards all said, like, we were trying to play nice, fluid football. And then uh, you give it to Mark Roberts, who just send up the field. And he's like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Great. I mean, <laughs> is Joe Bellingham not the biggest loss of the transfer window, really? Because he said the potential he could perhaps bring to the team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that. Um... Yeah, he, he's got no pace. That, that the, the beer lender, he's got no pace at all. I think he's got a lot on the ball. Um, I, I think it's a 50-50. I think he could disappear or I think he could really kick on. And I, I don't know. There's been, there was a couple of maybe 20, 30 minute spells last season where I thought, okay, he's really controlling the pace of the game, getting his foot on the ball. He does definitely have, he's one of those players that he seems to have a, a lot of time with the ball more so than maybe a, a Sunnich or any other headless chicken we've got in midfield. But he's definitely got that sort of temperament. Um, but unlike his brother, he probably hasn't got that sort of that over five yards to get out of trouble sort of pace. Yeah. I, I, I wish him all the best. I'll, I'll be I, I, you know, I hope he's successful. I really do. Uh, I just, I just don't at this moment in time, I don't for where we are, I take the money, I take the money. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if it, if he turns out to be a, a superstar, then fair play to him. And, you know, there's only love for Bellingham's in this club. So I hope he does kick on. But, uh, yeah, I, I, the, I've, got to, I've got to address the Harley Dean. I've got to address the Harley Dean. Oh, oh my God. Do you know how many managers he's sacked? It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Do not forget. Do not forget the crankier down tools, 10, 15 games. It was disgusting. Now, has he got it? Yeah. 100%. Is there a good footballer in there? Yeah. But anybody that down tools in our shirt, not for me, mate. Not not for me no. at all. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm wishing well, but I'm glad he's gone. Um, I'm with you. I think Colin, revelation for many, many seasons. Never gave less than 100%, 7 out of 10 every week. Mm. It's absolutely superb. And if we hadn't got Laird in, I think it'd have been a downgrade if whoever had come into that position. Yeah. Uh, but Laird's different level. He's He's... I went to Peterborough and the, the boy is just an absolute live wire. But again, that could come with its own challenges. So we'll, we'll reserve judgment a bit. Um, so, yeah, I, I think for me, I'd agree with you, Jamie. I think uh, Colin, just because he's he's just a proper blues player, you know, we've had so many good 
fullbacks over the years, you know, sort of going back to Martin Granger and bloody hell, I could go about a lot longer than that, but um, we've always had some really good, honest fullbacks, and I definitely put him in that bracket. So, uh, yeah, definitely sad to see him go out of all of them. I had I had a moment of fear pre-season where I, I was in the pub and I nearly choked on my drink, and this is what I was thinking about going, Eustace Logs to play back three with wing-backs. And I was thinking, because we just lost Maxine Conn, and I was like, Jesus Christ, we're going to start the season with Manny Longello and Jordan Graham potentially re-signing as wing-backs. <laughs> and my head just fell off. I was like, no. No, like we're going to ship some fucking goals, like. But but you know what? I mean, you mentioned Jordan Graham, and he probably isn't even on the list of anybody. Sort of, oh, he's left, but he loved the club. You could tell he, he loved love the, the club, club. And, and, and you could tell that he he was really well liked and played out of position a lot. Um, I think yeah. if you look at, um, he was probably just a little bit out of his depth. If if. If we're being brutally honest, and I think he's moved. Is he on to Lake Norian? Is that? The he thing? has, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think he'll, he'll do be fine. He'll, he'll do fine, mm. and uh, definitely. But no, I again, I think first season he was okay. Second season, yeah, I think he probably got found out a little bit. Yeah, yeah it's a shame, really, because he is quite a likable guy. I mean, like lovely guy. All, all the stuff he does on social media as well is quite cute, uh, quite humorous and everything. So, yeah, I wish him all the best. Really, I never really hold any, I never hold any grudges against any Blues players. Really, it's like, I mean, like with the Harley Dean stuff, for example. It's interesting to talk about him for his attitude because, like, he did, he did cup his ears to the fans, didn't he, against West Brom when he scored that goal, which never really sat right with me, to be honest, because I understand I was that right he behind was... that when it happened, yeah. Yeah, you? I, I thought it was strange at the time, yeah, because like, I was sort of um, at the top and I could see it happening. But then it took me a while to sort of think like, oh, is he actually saying for us? Like, as in, mm. as in like, yeah. oh, what we've said. But um, yeah, yeah, carry on, Tommy. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's, 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 it was bizarre at the time, though, because it was, I understand that he might not have been happy about the things that some fans may have been saying about him. But the the general response that he gave was towards the whole entire fan base then because doing that in front of your own fans that are cupping your ears for those listening on audio um then th that rubs off wrong and it's never really sat right with me that hasn't yeah i feel like that's where like attitude really is so important with some players and it can last for your whole entire career at the blues particularly because we're such a loyal fan base and we we love our players so much and everything. Oh, Just yeah. to get one tiny gesture, it can change your entire look towards the club. Really, the problem was he was, strange. he was he was club captain, mate. That and as well. That's the thing. He was 100%. club captain, and if you're going to down tools, everybody else will. And uh, yeah. if it if Cranker hadn't gone when he did, and Bowie done what he did, we would. I'm telling you now, Tom Brady would not be loving Birmingham oh, City no. today. And yeah. that's the, oh, that's you know, it's those little defining moments that. Players just have such a big role to play, individual players and, you know, their commitment to the cause. And, you know, I, look, I'm, this is not a, a Dean outing fest, but um, there's and there's no doubt he scored some great goals for us, had some good games. But, mm -hmm. yeah, just sometimes that attitude, like you say, Tommy, I can't remember, Christ, too many more divisive Blues players for because we don't tend to fall out with them. We, if they're crap, we say they are, but they don't, they don't tend to give it us back. You know, no. just sort of say as it is. Um, so, yeah, uh, but mm. I think the reality is, oh, I think we're definitely in positive territory with the transfer window this season. Mm. No, 100%. Um, 
Speaking as well, also very positive news as well is finally the work that's happening at St Andrews. Um, I'm sure everybody's absolutely delighted with this and all the photos and videos that have been coming out about the stadium. Um, they've not only been redoing the lower tiers, which has been closed for, I want to say, nearly three years now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they're also redoing many aspects of the stadium so one small but very noticeable bit is that they've done the seats and the steps um at the pretty much in the entire the entirety of the ground uh new banners and the rumors of new electronic boards outside the um cop as well um as well they're also doing some um works inside the executive board rooms and everything um with the statements of intent really that the new owners have brought in i mean like because st andrews has been so dead these past few seasons like how good is that Leeds game going to be back I mean like is everybody going to that game I imagine that majority of us are going to try and go to it it's going to be some atmosphere isn't it yeah it that it, way what do we be bastard season ticket arrived yeah have you oh yeah <laughs> forgot you still ain't got it I have got mine here just to flex on all of you just um yeah, really enjoying the look of that right now Jamie oh wish you've had yours right here so I could uh, enjoy it with you <laughs> but um yeah I mean it's going to be great that is I mean obviously we have Swansea first game of the season but I mean like the just as a general feel like how does it feel just as like the the attention to detail really that the owners have been putting into the stadium I mean what's your opinion on all of that it's just fantastic, isn't it, to see sort of the renovations that are happening and the fact that we're being kept up to date on what's happening as well. Because beforehand, with all the uh, situations of the stands and that, we were left in the dark about it and we didn't really know what was happening, when it was going to be fixed and everything. But the fact that we are getting these updates, we're getting these pictures, I just think it's all positive. And uh, the fan reaction to this news as well just shows the positivity around the club and the fact we're even getting hot water, would you believe it? <laughs> hot water. And the reaction to that was one of my funniest, like times since the takeovers happened where uh, people have just sort of freaked out about the smallest things to people outside of Birmingham but obviously we're actually a Birmingham fan these things they, they mean a lot to us and because yeah. we've been like sort of deprived of these things and um, yeah just the little things go a long way and I think that's one of the main sort of things with this takeover that they're doing the little things which go a long way with Birmingham fans yeah, Precisely yeah I completely agree Jamie have you got anything to add to this since you've um <laughs> been a long sufferer of the blues <laughs> uh it's just great and it like it's it just like i said before we started the pod it just doesn't feel real still like if you told me eight months ago ten months ago when the maxi deal fell through that you know these guys are going to come in tom brady's going to be part of your football club you're going to make signings and spend actual fucking money and not on free transfers or loans and you've actually signed people but that was the biggest shot for me when it said tyler roberts signed for an undisclosed fee i was like we we've we've spent money we Mm. we have spent money on a footballer what is going on here like this isn't some 34 year old bint who can play center half and's got about four four games in his legs before he dies like this is a legit young like coming into his prime kind of player that we're signing so it just all feels every single announcement's great because the sarcasm of Birmingham fans is also just elite isn't it Mm. some of the absolute one-liners that Blues fans just drop on every single thing and it's true BSHL were shit at communicating. You wouldn't hear anything for about six months. And then, oh, by the way, the stadium's getting done. When? Oh, uh, yeah. It's getting done. When? When? When is this happening then? Like, it's amazing great. the beauty of hindsight, isn't it? Because it's so yeah. obvious now that BSHL were just so reluctant to spend any money, were they? Because like they'd, they'd invested for a long period of time, particularly in 2017, giving loads of money to Harry Redknapp. And they'd clearly gotten to a point 
mainly I reckon during lockdown where they were just like, nah, we're done with this. We're going to look to either try and get a little bit more money out of the club before we sell or just sell up straight away. That really is pretty much what they've done in the end, really. So I mean, you said before the podcast, are you a home or away kit man? Yes, so, wherever the stand goes. So you said you were an away kit man, didn't you? It, the home kit has grown on me. Very slowly it's growing the more I see it. I've just always liked the away kit anyway. I mean, it's not my, you know, it's not my favourite away kit. I think my favourite away kit was probably when we were in the Prem, we had that black away kit. Oh, yeah. No, that was a great kit. Love... It's oh, red yeah. again, which I think is quite strange. I mean, it's it's almost a replica of this season's kit entirely, really. Because, mm. like, it's we've had blue, blue and white in the home kit this season. I mean, last season, sorry. And then we had a red kit, red away kit as well. So, mm-hmm. it's almost, it's the same again, really. So, I'd have liked to have seen a yellow away kit. I'm a big fan of that, but... Yes, I don't know really. I suppose. What what, what do you think to the home kit then, guys? Um, yeah, I mean, from what I'd sort of seen when there was the leaks announced and um, people were sort of speculating about the sort of shade of blue and stuff like that, and saying like, "Oh yeah, in the proper announcement, it's going to look better," or whatever. And um, the proper announcement did come out, and I think when this announcement came out, the kit did start to look better. And I'm a bit like Jamie, where the fact that it's grown on me, the more I've seen it, you know, the fact that it's actually on sale now, and you see people wearing it. You know, it does look like a decent kit. I mean, I put it sort of in terms of where we've been, like in the championship, championship kits, I'd say it falls like sort of along the halfway mark. So there's definitely better kits, but there's definitely worse kits. Mm. John, are you a fan of the kit or are you not? A no, I, I think the home kit's strong. I, 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 what I like about it most is that we've got a shit hot sponsor. Yeah. So it's not some random Eastern Asian betting company or you know, the local scrap dealer or whatever, it's got it's got a bit of credibility and I think that adds weight to the actual shirt itself. Mm. What will be interesting is when the night deal comes to an end, if it becomes an undefeated kit, which could be insane, I think. Um yeah. really different. But no, I I think I think you know the, the home kit it is what it is. The away kit I'm with you, Tommy. I'm not massive on red. I'm definitely mm. a, a yellow, as you can tell. Um, yeah, kit man. Uh, very old now um but no i i just think nike obviously nike nike is a brand's fabulous and um but I, but i just think that link with undefeated he's just got so many so much legs mm. and the fact the blues fans are spending 60 quid on baseball caps is unbelievable <laughs> but uh yeah well, we, why not well, we, we're, re- we're really willing to invest now aren't we into the club again because like i said earlier like with bshl you don't really want to be investing too much into them i mean obviously i've had season tickets myself for these past few seasons but it's only because i still enjoy going to the blues as it is but you don't really want to be giving them all the money in the world to be having on kits and everything but with undefeated it feels like you like every like all you guys have been saying throughout this podcast the clean appropriate sponsor it feels like a well-run well-run company that can probably help fund us as well so yeah i feel like fans can be excused for getting a little bit carried away and going and spending a fair bit of money on some pretty decent merchandise as well let's be having it fair as well because i mean those caps and those t-shirts and everything they look quality and i'm looking at them myself to be honest i'm really quite interested in them (laughs) yeah i I think that um you know, just you just talked about the previous owners. I think hindsight's a wonderful thing, but obviously with the with the owners coming in, yes, they've bought the debt, and Christ knows how much that was. Mm. God knows. Let, let, let's say it's fifty million, whatever it is. 
but the reality of what they've done so far, as far as you know, selling the assets they've got, so the five for Chong, the three for Bellingham, and I, I have no idea what we're getting from from Jude. Mm. Some some are saying five, some are seven fifteen. I have no idea. It's probably somewhere between the two. God knows. Roughly, yeah, I imagine. I, I can't imagine it's twenty or anything. No, so, like that. so even if it's ten, they've got twenty million quid in, and I know we've bought some players, but cumulatively, what's that? Probably eight. Mm. So you've got a balance of a lot of money that can then do the ground. And so that the answer for the previous owners was there. They just needed the imagination to bloody do it. Yeah. And they didn't no, have it. So, and, yeah. you know, they'd have just sold the players, pocketed the money, and then we'd been back into the same shit that we've been in for, for so many years. And um, mm -hmm. no, but I'm with you. I, I think that the amount of merch that's going to be sold will be great great for the new owners because it's really important that their business model works you know because if they're saying nice. they've got a massive fan base and everything else then yeah probably need to put our hands in a pocket which i'm sure we all will <laughs> i will definitely be forking out 50 to 100 quid for both the home and away shirts this season that's <laughs> absolutely, <for sure>. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um we've got a few questions from twitter i've completely forgot uh fpl blue nose has asked uh what are the realistic expectations for the season i'm staying grounded and saying top half would be a good season any thoughts Who i completely agree on? completely agree with i've said i think i said before we joined 12 i'm happy and i think i am like we've got a, nine new players they aren't going to gel straight away it needs time so i'd say get the young lads all playing together these lads are only going to get better and we're just going to build from here it's going to be good um, I don't think we'll be in a relegation battle at all. Uh, if you tell me, up. if you tell me on March the first, already on fifty points and we're safe, I might helicopter around my room. To be fair, so <laughs> it's it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good season. Oh God, you say that so much, I'm actually getting a bit worried now. <laughs> um, well, it's going to be a good day. I hope so. <laughs> how many um, how many points is mid table at the end of each season? Is it is it like sixty issues? Sixty, hmm. yeah, I think so. How many wins and draws is that in total? It's just like uh, fifteen wins and probably about tenish draws. Yeah, I mean, compare draws, that so. to this season, then it's already a massive improvement, really, isn't it? Because despite the fact that we went on the pretty decent run, sort of October, no October, Novemberish time, then you know, I feel like we could perhaps build on that momentum to keep on going throughout the season but yeah i i'd, I'd gladly take a mid-table at this point really particularly where we've been in the last few seasons um guarantee you though if we are mid-table come december i will not be having mid-table and be very upset with this and i'll probably demand that we get at least somewhere near the playoffs um, can't wait to speak to you in december when you go we should be fucking top eight why yeah, are we but... not in top eight yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the running scene, though, I'll still be moaning about Scott Hogan, though, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, I was about to say, all the chances of Hogan misses, like, if Hogan had scored this, we would have been here. <laughs> yeah, I can already imagine myself saying it, so I've got it already. Might as well write it down now, actually. Um, yeah, Sam, where would you think that, realistically, we could finish by the end of this season? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have to agree with a lot of Blues fans and saying top half would be a really good season because it'd be progression on the last few seasons because, I mean, everyone knows the stat that in the last sort of, what, six, seven seasons, we haven't finished above, what, 17th. And I think that just goes to show that, yeah, what we've been used to really. And um, yeah, just being competitive in games, that's something that I would really look forward to next season because last season we were sort of competitive in a lot of games, but I just feel like there was times where you sort of lacked that 
clinical edge or as a bit of sort of inexperience in the team. But the fact that we have got these players that were on loan last season, now permanent in uh, Bielik and Sanderson and getting Kevin Long back, you know, people that were there before that already sort of know, you know, the system and the setup. And um, if we can get, yeah, a couple more bodies through the door as well, I think top half is would be something that I'd be, uh, yeah, really happy with. Mm. John, are you going any higher, any lower? What's your stance on the end of the season? Um, I was saying to Jan before we came on, I actually don't think, I think we're going to have a tough start to the mm. season. I think the first six to 10 games might be a bit difficult because, I mean, I, I really am desperate for Eustace to do well. Desperate because mm. I think he's earned the right. Um, I think he did a really, really good job under impossible circumstances last season. Um, and I think he gets it as well. And I just hope he's got the... I hope he's got the talent, and I don't know whether he has. I'd hope he has um, to get us into that sort of closing in on the playoffs. I'm not saying we're going to do that this season because I'm not going to say we're not going to do it because who knows. Mm. Um, but I think what will happen is I think it will be because we started the last two or three seasons really strong, haven't we? Um, but I think that's been born out of good fitness, high press, not a lot of football, bullying. Not great, you know. It's just been, you know, good good sides that are struggling to find their form early part of the season. We we sort of bulldoze over them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm quite conflicted because obviously, you know, November time last year we were seventh and we we actually were playing some all right stuff. And it, you know, you're getting a bit carried away with that. So, what would what would I be happy with? I'd be happy with an improvement obviously on this season is when we move you know we need to move forward but i just think we need a pattern of play and a style of play yeah so when we turn up to games it's not just ad hoc knee jerk you know i think it just needs to be a bit more consistent on on the style and the approach to to the way we go about things but i i think it's difficult to give a prediction i mean the one thing i'm if i can say it now and i'm going to live to regret it I don't see relegation. I, I just don't see it. Uh, I think we just too many good players, too much good buzz about the place. Um, you know, if it was a flip of a coin, relegation or promotion, I'd definitely be going promotion over the two. Um, but, you know, I'll give you Luton. I'll give you Luton. Mm-hmm. And so many of the shite sides that get in and around the top six every season, why can't it be us this season? It's going to yeah. be one. It might be us, it might not be. But... Uh, Definite improvement, I would say, and around about that mid-table, I think, is the minimum we should be looking for. We've all fairly got our grounded points of view, then. It's, it's good to see, really, because like, I like, I see a lot of other fan bases getting away, carried with all, getting carried away with all the stuff that they're happening. But I think that's what makes really good for Blues fans, really, is the fact that we are all seeing sort of the same vision at the moment and all the same things that's going on around the club as well. It's nice to see. It's, it's some good camaraderie, like um, you were saying earlier, Sam. It's like... It feels good vibes around the club again, isn't it? It's not like a split or anything. It's it feels like a proper unified enjoyment back with the club at the moment. It's really refreshing to see. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I think that these marketing campaigns that they're obviously doing at the moment with Birmingham back on the rise, you know, everything then around the community and everything as well. It, it feels perfect. It feels absolutely spot on, and they've really captured the motions of how the fans are feeling at the moment and. You know, it's it's precisely how we all feel as well. So, and the fact that we've all just pretty much said that we all think that we're going to be in the similar position at the end of the season, then you know, capturing that emotion, particularly, it's been 
key for really the how the owners have um arrived on the scene really um but yeah i think that's pretty much all we have to talk about um but before we do leave uh rather unfortunately we do have to talk about the sad passing of uh, trevor francis a massive hero for the blues arguably actually no not even arguably blues is greatest ever player um I went down the other day. Um, I filmed my experience of um, laying some flowers and just sort of capturing the experience of what it was like around there. Um, if we're being honest, we don't really have much planned for this. Um, I haven't got like any little montage to show you at the end of this. Um, but I suppose we, we can just talk a little bit about Trevor Francis and just what he meant to the club, really. I mean, I had the honour of meeting him uh, about 10 years ago, I think it was. But does anybody else like, have some good memories of him and like just what it sort of, what he as a person sort of means to you and there's like um around just being blues as general really i think you, you probably say the same thing as me tommy and you as well jamie and uh maybe you as well john the fact that you know any blues fan that you speak to Trevor francis about would just speak so highly of him and um you know pretty much everybody's dad's favorite birmingham player put it that way <laughs> where um yeah, he would have like seen him sort of play in the stadium and that and i wish i would have been able to see Trevor francis play because everybody speaks so high of him and the fact that he was so sort of technically gifted and he stayed at Birmingham for as long as he did as well because you look at sort of you know today's scenario where if a player plays really well at that young age then they'll be tapped up by Europe's biggest clubs and that but Chira Francis he played over 300 games at Birmingham and scored you know well over 100 goals as well he, he gave so much to the club sort of um as a player and as a manager as well and uh, yeah really personified what Birmingham is and the fact that you know all the Birmingham fans have sort of gone to the stadium and paid their respects and that it just goes to show how much of a legend Gerard Francis is. Yeah absolutely. Um, John were you fortunate enough to have witnessed Trevor Francis? Close. 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 Yeah. Oh, my first game was 79. Um, oh, just so missed just missed him. Um, my dad saw him on debut um, yeah. and it, he you know so many stories uh, saw him score four, um, and yeah, the, the best player he's ever seen live. Um, I think from from my point of view, my memories are more of him, obviously as a manager. Mm -hmm. So, my including the premiers, so the fa favorite for me time for being a Blues fan was when Barry Fry was manager because he was just <laughs> brilliant. It was absolutely yeah. just comedy gold, home and away. <laughs> Um, but then it, we got real and it's a bit like now, you know, you, when obviously the golds and, um, Brady came in all those mm -hmm. years ago, they brought Barry on and it sort of worked, but probably didn't work the way that they would have liked. But when they brought Trevor in, it was very much, this is a proper football club. Mm -hmm. And I think today is very similar to that. You know, we've got proper owners that expect, expect you know the best for the club and i think going back to those times when trevor came on board he knew the club inside out i was there when we got cheated out of the cup final against liverpool because david Ellis was a shit house i never mm. ever forget that it um, was a penalty um mate i'm friends i'm friends with liverpool fans and they're still telling me it weren't a pen absolute <laughs> just disgusting disgusting um and and uh you know just the playoffs if anybody deserved to take us up after all those years it, it was definitely yeah. trevor francis and uh you know clubs are built on players like him and uh you know without him again god knows where we'd have been because when we sold him again we needed the money it was one of those you know the ongoing sort of didn't didn't just didn't have any money whatsoever in the club and had to get rid um but my 
yeah, for what it's worth, my business is called Blue Eight Group, and that's that. Mm. So that's Trevor Francis. So that's what he means to me. And um, yeah, that that sort of mural with him and, and Jude, it uh, seems even more poignant, doesn't it? Now, um, so significant for the club. Yeah, just an absolute legend. And uh, I suppose it's it's a real shame that he didn't get to see the last couple of weeks, really. Yeah, precisely. You know, um, I, but I think if rumours were true as well that he was going to be fairly more involved with the club in the up and coming years as well, which is another really dip- um, sad thing to see as well, is that he could have played a massive part in this new era for the Blues. I, I would put a significant amount of money on a statue or a statue because they Main get hand. it. They get Did it, you? and uh, there will definitely be a, a tribute to him. That probably lasts beyond all of our lifetimes, which is absolutely the mm. right thing to do. No, absolutely. Yeah, you got many good memories of Trevor Francis, Jamie. Is it? Is it that mainly that cup final? Yeah, like I, like I said, I I went to football relatively late for someone who usually gets into football. Let's be honest. Mm. So, my cousin, I've spent a lot of time talking to my cousin about it. Actually, he said when the year he started going was when Trevor was in charge as a manager. Mm. But one thing you speak to any older Birmingham fan and they very, in no uncertain terms, will tell you two things. They love Birmingham City and Trevor Francis is a fucking god. Mm. A god amongst men. Like, And that's the main thing, isn't it? The first million pound footballer. Absolute historic, historic man. And just He seems to be a man whose technical ability was a little bit ahead of his time, if you know what I mean. Like He was mm. playing the way that people play now and back then that was unheard of his ability his way just run around people yeah, yeah it's, precisely, it's sad yeah. it's just sad isn't it it's just a really sad sad time like <laughs> after all this positive we've had and then that was just like a, oh fuck, it was a yeah it was a big it was a big swerve wasn't it so we had all this great news with the ownership takeover and you know the stadium repairs transfer news and then to say that's just suddenly come out of the blue it was just it was very sudden. It was very shocking. Um, I touched on the fact that I met him about ten years ago. I um, I remember it really well, obviously. But um, I I always used to, I always knew Trevor Francis, obviously, from being a massive Blues fan. But I always had a DVD when I was younger of um, Blues's two hundred and fifty greatest goals. Um, and Trevor Francis had his own little chapters. It was like an A to Z, and it had all of our greatest goals, two hundred and fifty of them. And T was his chapter, so he had all of his pretty much all of his greatest goals from that chapter. So I used to, you know, like religiously watch that DVD. So I, I knew all of his goals. I knew the little turn against QPR and into the near post, that one there, and the um, the one against Norwich or uh, Nottingham Forest or whichever he does. He sort of runs around the player and arrows it back into the far bottom corner. You know, all of his great goals. Um, so when I did finally meet him, me, my dad and my brother and my mum, actually, she was there as well. Um, he came to one of our training sessions which was really quite strange because we won an award uh, in the West Midlands. I think, I can't remember what the award was now, um, but it was my football club. It's the football club that, um, no, my football team, sorry. Um, and we'd won that award and the, um, whatever it was that Trevor Francis, I think it was the reward that we got for it, was that he was to come down and to come and watch some of our training sessions and do a little piece for a news editorial, editorial and everything. And uh, we got a photo of him. I'm pretty sure that the photo was used as the main photo for the article and everything, me, my dad, and my brother and Trevor. Um, and yeah, he was, a, he was a gentleman. He was absolutely fantastic. He was brilliant with everybody. I mean, like, I was about, how old was I? I was about 10 or 11 years of age. Um, 
but yeah, he was fantastic. You can tell that he was a proper football vet, really. You can see that he was just, he knew the ins and outs of football. He got exactly the right things to say it every single time, really. And it was an amazing, it was an amazing time, really. And obviously being one of my dad's absolute idols when growing up, watching him in the seventies down at um, St. Andrews, it was an amazing moment for him to meet him and have a proper chat with him and everything. So to see him go, it's really quite of a shock, really. It's really quite sad, but um, that's just life. Unfortunately, it's how things go, but um, he'll, he'll always live on in the memories of every blues fan. Um, and yeah, a statue is definitely within need. Um, and maybe a little bit of a more of a mural as well, because it's lovely to see everything that um, Trevor Francis and Jude Bellingham thing. But I do feel like we probably could perhaps rename the main stand. You said that, Jamie, didn't you? you said well, I've sent a lot of petitions online for it saying, like, I think some people are saying the main stand's the only stand that hasn't really been touched since Trevor was, like, it's still as it was. I think mm. people are saying <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Probably still got your notes in there. I, I don't know if that's factual. I don't know if that's factual information, but that's what I've been reading. Uh, like a nuclear holocaust that ground that stadium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing our look, we change at the Trevor Francis Stadium the next year. Be like, ah, there's asbestos. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh god, brilliant. <laughs> I mean, that's a quite a nice way to end the podcast, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thank you for coming on, John. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's no, been great thanks, having guys. you on again. Um, no, be sure to check us out on all the relevant links in the description down below. We've got a link tree. Um, I can't be asked in saying all the different things nowadays. So I will find a better way of doing that in the new season coming up. But um, technically, this is the first episode of the new season. Um, we haven't actually done the Swansea predictions. I've just suddenly realised. Oh, God, I'm really Ooh. not in the flow at the moment. Um, quickly, quickly, because we're really running a bit long with this anymore. Jamie, give us your prediction. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm going to be Mr. Positive again this year, and I think we're just going to shit out a 2-1 or a 1-0. I just don't know why, but they've got a new manager. I think, although they've still got a really good squad, and I think Eustace even said that today, they've got a good manager. I'm hopeful that new managers, you know, trying to take over a team and maybe we have to be that horrible team for a little bit at the start. You know, when in doubt, shit out it to Duke, he might actually work in this situation. So I think a dirty one nil would be great. Yeah. I mean, a winning, winning start is always great yeah. on the first day. Uh, Sam? Yeah, I mean, I can get on board with a not one nil really because of uh, all the goals that happened in the uh, Birmingham Swansea games last season. I think, well, there was the 4-3, wasn't there? at the uh, Swansea Stadium and then the home fixture there's quite a lot of goals in that as well so uh, I think all the goals from the last season this season mm. one solitary goal settle it and I'd say yeah Birmingham yeah. 1-0 John Tyler Roberts, Tyler Roberts goal Tyler Roberts goal as well yeah yeah yeah. how much you putting on that you putting a fiver on that or anything yeah yeah go on then <laughs> <laughs> I'll hold you accountable to that <laughs> I'm going to be boring and say one each one each mm. okay I could see perhaps maybe a draw or anything um I don't know. It's difficult to say because we've had a sort of similar run of fixtures really for the last few first game of the seasons. We had Brentford twice in two seasons, didn't we? And we both won them 1-0 from a header as well, which was quite interesting. Um, and against Sheffield United as well. That's really quite strange. Um, last season, obviously, we had Luton. That was a draw. Um, so I'm going to go a draw as well. But I think it's going to be an entertaining draw. I think there's going to be goals because of the two sort of similar teams yeah. i think we have at this stage we've both got some really decent players but i feel like we're probably not going to gel as well as we will do uh, later on in the season so i feel like a 2-2 draw 
will be, I think, fairly understandable, particularly for a first game of the season. Both teams are going to be up for it. Both teams are going to want to impress. So 2-2, I think it will go back and forth. I'm not entirely sure who will take the lead and who will get the last equaliser. It will probably be us. We always seem to do stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think 2-2. Jamie's gone a 1-0 or 2-0 Blues. Sam, you've gone a 1-0. Me and John have gone draws. So let's see who's right. No, none of us have gone for a defeat yet, though. We haven't lost on the first game for a while, have we? So no defeats on the cards, that's for sure. <laughs> I can't. I don't think I predicted a single defeat last season. I can't physically do it. I can't physically say Birmingham are going to lose. It just hurts. Southampton away. Yeah, Leicester away. Leicester away, that's the one. (laughs) Bloody hell. There's some some absolute firepower down there this year, and there as well. Fuck's sake. I fancy us against Leeds, though, to be honest. We always seem to do well against Leeds. It's written, Leeds is written in the stars for us. It's the first home game since obviously Trevor's passing. St Andrews is pretty much sold out. It is going to be, the stadium is going to be electric. Yeah, it's going to be the best home game we've had in absolutely years. But it's going to be carnage. I'm getting the train up from Worcester. I'm not driving. I'm getting shit-faced. I've openly <laughs> declared this already. I'm coming down. We need down. to get in the roost. Because if Tom Brady's in the I'm roost... I'm on like the roost. Just walk through the door just see in. Tom Brady behind you. Like, what? I'll be in there from 10 I'll be in there from ten a.m. just going for it. I'll see you in yeah. there, lads. Yeah, literally. We have to helicopter us in just to get a table. <laughs> um. Oh, fuck. The only problem is, though, with Leeds, I'm quite confident about getting a win, but they have got Daniel Farker as the manager, and we never win against him. We always lost to him when he was ever, whenever he was Norwich manager. We'd be shit then. Yeah, yeah as you say, like, we, we have also been dog shit for about eight years. Like, there is that to kind of put into account. We are kind of like that, though. We don't really... Because like, we've had that with other managers as well. Like We never beat Martin O'Neill. We could never beat Dean Smith. We could never beat any old Villa managers, really. We always really Gra- struggled against this. Graham point. Taylor. He could have yeah. stayed. <laughs> God rest his soul. He could have stayed there forever. Oh, God. He'd never have got a win, he would. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. He was he was the manager for the um, Enquiman games. Oh, he? yeah. Oh, yeah. Sad. That was beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Mental. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah. So, we've all gone fairly confident predictions uh we will be back after the swansea game for a review and a preview of the leeds game uh hopefully zach will be back with us uh, fairly soon um but yeah thank you again for coming on john it's been a pleasure thank you Perfect. sam and jamie no once worries. again guys thank you and yeah Always. keep on keep on man Podcast Network. There's always something new and exciting happening in Montgomery County, Maryland. Join podcaster and business leader Kelly Leonard and me, Bob Levy, on another episode of Something to Talk About, where we speak with industry leaders making an impact in our county. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 
24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.